You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no, go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Telmuse. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome, welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. And before we go any further, let me say to you that tonight we are going to be talking about some things. So take a moment and go and tell your grandma, your grandpa, your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, all the kids, your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones to tune in because they're not going to want to miss this one. 
Well, now, we have some mail. Let's go first to the mail and uh, see what we have. All right. We have a letter here, and this comes to us from Sally. Hello, Sally. How are you, darling? And Sally writes, saying, Professor Porterfield, some time back you said that you would tell us a little bit about some of the influences that helped bring about Professor Porterfield, uh, the wonderful voice that I and my family enjoy on the show each and every week. But we haven't heard more than a few. Could you follow up? All right, Sally, I would be happy to do so. So tonight, I would like to tell you about one of the influences on Professor Porterfield. And I mentioned the great man last week, so we will discuss him briefly this week. And I am talking about none other than the physicist uh, Julius Sundmiller. And Julius Sundmiller was a well-known physicist who had uh, a television show through uh, the uh, public television. Uh, uh, back in, oh, this would have been back in the uh, 60s and 70s. And Julius Sumner Miller, um, you can still find Julius Miller's um, videos <clears throat> on YouTube and other places. Um, he was um, uh, a Litvak. He was uh, a, uh, from Lithuania. Um and he spoke a number of languages, and he was, oh, a very well-known physicist. But what most Americans know him best for was that in 1959, he began hosting an educational problem call, program called Why Is It So? Why Is It So? And Why Is It So went on, and it changed throughout the years. And as I said, eventually it got picked up in was run through uh, uh, public television and other sources. Some, he was also an occasional guest on The Tonight Show when it was hosted by Johnny Carson uh, in the 70s. And in the 80s, he even did uh, a series of television commercials for Cadbury Chocolate using his stock phrase, why is it so? And uh, Julius Sumner Miller what he did is he was this amazing man with this shock of white hair and uh, his, his glasses that he would take on and off, and he would always wear a short sleeve, uh, utilitarian blue shirt. And he would do these physics experiments in front of you on, on, the, on, the, on the show. And he would say, now, why is this so? Look, 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 there, 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 you can see now. The water is rising, and that is because of the change that we have made in atmospheric pressure. And I encourage you this week to consider atmospheric pressure. So, as you can no doubt tell if you are a fan of the Now You Know show, uh, Dr. Julius Sumner Miller left an indelible imprint <clears throat> upon the good professor. And I owe so much to him. And so I like to think that in my own little small way, I'm doing the same thing for hoodoo, just wandering around with my hair all a flutter, going there, there, and you see, they've stepped through the powders, they've stepped through the powders, and now, now the hot foot is on the bottom of their feet, and now they will be compelled to leap, they will be compelled to leap, and I encourage you this week to consider the forces 
of being compelled in hoodoo. So <laughs> there you go. There you go, Sally. And thank you. Thank you for the kind, kind letter. We've also been getting letters in um, about the pontifications. Thank you so much for your compliments. Thank you so much for your criticisms. And also, we've been getting lots of people saying, will you talk about this? Will you talk about that? Will you talk about so-and-so? And we will. Indeed, we will. <laughs> oh, dear. There was Julius again. Indeed, we will. We're going to have a topic tonight uh, in the pontification from a write-in. And we're going to be discussing things. We're having a, a, a soft change in our programming this evening. Miss Loretta will be coming in later. Don't miss her. If you, think, if you go, wait a minute, why, why wasn't she there after the news? Well, don't worry. She'll be appearing later. Don't worry. Don't worry. Miss Loretta is with us. But before we go any further, I have to take a moment and be very serious with you. As you know, um, I am a politically minded person, and I try to not, you know, use the drum of rage or outrage or fear upon people. I try to talk honestly and earnestly when I feel there is an absolute need, and otherwise I try to keep my damn mouth shut about it and let people make their choices and educate themselves. But something extraordinary has happened. Something something that really we haven't seen since before the Civil War has happened. And I must discuss it. I must. I must. So this week, during the last the third of the presidential debates, uh, your friend and mine, uh, Donald J. Trump, was asked a question. And the question was, uh, would he honor or acknowledge and honor the uh, election results, whatever they should be. And he gave a kind of a kind of a, a dodgy answer on that. He said that he wasn't looking at that yet, that he would look at that when it was the time. And the moderator would quite legitimately pressed him. The moderator said, and I will, this, I am paraphrasing here. The moderator said, uh, you know, um, our system, our transition of power, our transition of power, our transition of administrations in this country has always been handled peacefully. In fact, it's one of the things that we can take great pride in as Americans. It's one of the things that separates us from a vast number of other countries and then queried him again, will you honor this? And Mr. Trump's answer was that uh, he would let us know that he was going to, quote, keep us in suspense. Absolutely terrifying answer. And if that were what it is, if that was alone the issue, that would be enough to be horrified, to be terrified, to be worried about this. But there's so much more. There's so much more because today, today, October 20th, responding to the backlash to his statement during Wednesday night's debate that he may not accept the results of the presidential election, Donald Trump dedicated his Ohio rally today to discussing the fairly mythical, the event 
public event, he kicked off the event by saying this. I would like to promise and pledge to all of my voters and supporters and to all of the people of the United States that I will totally accept the results of this great and historic presidential election if I win. wins. If he wins. Now I should probably keep my mouth shut and just go and do a lovely little hoodoo show with lots of funny voices and some nice music and we can hand out brownies and mind my place. Do you think I'm gonna? No, obviously I'm not. This is, you know, you can say what you want. You can say, oh, he was milking the crowd. Oh, he was making a lame joke. Oh, he was engaged in machismo, bravado. You can bring up everything he's done. Till now, you can excuse it. You can wash it all away. You can do what you like. I no longer give a shit about what he has done previous to this moment. This tops the cake. This is it, folks. This is it. Excuse it if you will. Chuckle up your sleeve with him, if you will. But I'm telling you here, I'm telling you now, write it down. Bring it to me, and I'll sign my goddamn name to it. That what you just heard are the words of a want, wannabe dictator. A wannabe dictator. We have left the room of, are you kidding me? Is this a joke? Oh, my God, this is disgusting. How the hell can this happen? What the hell? All those rooms behind us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's horrible. I can't believe he's like this. I can't believe we're doing this. Bah, 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 bah. We've left all those rooms, and we are now in this room. And in this room, your good friend, old Jewish Professor Porterfield, is numb. I'm numb. It's, it, I have ice running through my bloodstream. I, I don't know even what to do. I wish I had my normal anger, my outrage, my, my yelling, my, my chest beating. I don't have it. I am terrified. I am terrified. I don't give a damn about political parties at this juncture. I don't care about the left and the right, and they've got us in a hole, and I'm terrified. I am absolutely terrified. Cicero, the great Roman orator, wrote that if you do not learn what happened in the past before you were born, you remain forever a child. I'm scared. This guy has crossed the line in my book. This guy is fomenting a revolt. This guy is edging into sedition. This guy is a full-out threat to everything you believe, 
no matter what side or what party you exist on, no matter whether you think Hillary Clinton is the worst candidate since Millard Fillmore, whether she's the most corrupt person you could fucking find, he has gone further. He is threatening the very system that he is running in. And I felt it was my duty to at least bring that to you, to at least make sure that you heard it so that no one – because later he's going to say he didn't say it. Trust me. That's what he does. Later he's going to say, I never said that. But, but the clock's no longer ticking. The time's up. The, the bell has rung. So please, publican, moderate, whatever the hell you are, please, can you stop for a moment? And just remind yourself of one thing you are, that you're an American. Can you just for one minute take a moment to go, wait a minute, what does this mean for our beloved institution, for our constitution, for our system of government, when a candidate, whether you love him or you hate him, gets up and says something like that? Please, this is... This is very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And now we're going to go over to the newsroom where our own Phil Patchy Fogg is waiting with the news. Take it away, Patchy. Good evening. Today is Thursday, October 20th. The 294th day of 2016. There are 62 days until winter begins and 72 days left in the year. The 20th and the 21st are auspicious days to can fruits and vegetables, mow to slow growth, go hunting, and brew beer. The 21st through the 20th, the 20th through the 21st also are good days to start seed beds and flower gardens and for transplanting. They are also the best planting days for fall potatoes, turnips, onions, carrots, beets, and other root crops where climate is suitable. And finally, those same two days will be very good days for evening fishing. Our highlight in history comes from this date in 1976 when 78 people were killed when the Norwegian tanker Frosta rammed the commuter ferry George Prince on the Mississippi River near New Orleans. Also on this date, in 1714, the coronation of Britain's King George I took place in Westminster Abbey. In 1803, the U.S. Senate ratified the Louisiana Purchase. In 1914, Stay Down Here Where You Belong, an anti-war song by Irving Berlin, was published by Watterson, Berlin, and Snyder Company in New York. Also in 1944, during World War II, General Douglas MacArthur stepped ashore at Leyte in the Philippines, two and one-half years after saying, I shall return. Also, a series of gas storage tank explosions and fires in Cleveland killed 130 people. In 1947, the House on Un-American Activities Committee opened hearings 
into alleged communist influence and infiltration in the U.S. motion picture industry. In 1965, in one of the more colorful moments of his presidency, President Lyndon Baines Johnson, recovering from gallbladder surgery at Bethesda Naval Medical Center, pulled up his shirt and jacket to show off his abdominal scar to reporters and photographers. In 1968, former First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy married Greek shipping magnate Aristotle Onassis. And finally, in 1973, in the so-called Saturday Night Massacre, special Watergate prosecutor Archibald Cox was dismissed, and Attorney General Elliot L. Richardson and Deputy Attorney General William General William B. Ruckelhaus resigned. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to actor William Christopher, who is 84, Japan's Empress Michiko, who is 82, rockabilly singer Wanda Jackson is 79, former actress Reverend Mother Dolores Hart is 78, singer Tom Petty is 66, movie director Danny Bowl is 60, actor Vigo Mortensen is 58, rapper Snoop Dogg is 45, and actress Jennifer Nicole Freeman is 31. And we also want to send out a very special birthday greeting to our chief engineer here at the LMC Radio Newsroom, our one and only troll towelhead, whose birthday will be on the 25th. Happy birthday, chief. Our thought for the day comes from Henry Ward Beecher, American clergyman, born 1813, died 1887, who said, next to ingratitude, the most painful thing to bear is gratitude. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Network News Desk, read by Philip Fogg. We now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, open it. Put my trunk in goo for dust. Cause you know some may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that's you be in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes, and you need not. Just trust in Goofer Dust as advised by the Nicholas Brothers because we have the lucky numbers and card for you here each and every week brought to us courtesy from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by there and take a look? And they are 7, 8, 19, 24, 25. And 33. Once again, those lucky numbers this week are 7, 8, 19, 24, 25, and 33. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 567, 567. 
800-814-8814. That's 814. And 919. That's 919. And I have to tell you that this week, 919 is particularly hot. So if where you live, you happen to be able to do a pick three, or you happen to be able to do have the numbers, or play Bolito, check out that 919. The card of the week is the three of diamonds, a benefactor, help from others, and a need to be honest and act responsibly. This week, help will come from unlooked-for places. This is a good week to reach out to others and allow yourself to be helped by others as well. Honesty in all public and private matters is of great importance in the next seven days. Do not let little white lies lead to greater harm than good. Also, the next seven days are a good time to act in a responsible manner and take matters by the horns. Do what is right and all will be right. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, <laughs> remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, the professor's pontification. Miss Loretta will be around later on in the show. So up next, the professor's pontification. This week, it's going to be a little sexy.
Oh, yes, and of course, that was the Beatles with Sexy Sadie. And the brownie on that one goes out to Troll Towel Head. Congratulations, first brownie of the night. And it leads us into this week's pontification. This week, and throughout the next several weeks, month, we are taking, we are taking letters. If you have an issue or a topic that you would like to hear discussed during the professor's pontification, just write down your question or your idea and send it in to Prof. Porterfield, that's P-R-O-F-P-O-R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. And there's a very good chance that your question or topic will be discussed during the pontification. This week's pontification comes to us from Anna. And Anna writes and says, Dear Professor Porterfield, How are you so glad to talk to you? I have recently been hearing you many places and was even able to catch you on Monday night on Tata Candelo's Candelo's Corner, where you discussed the sporting life. My question for your pontification is this. What about, what about sex magic in hoodoo? Does sex magic exist in hoodoo? How does it operate in hoodoo if it does, etc.? Loving the show. Hope to hear you soon, Anna. Well, thank you so much, Anna, and we're going to discuss your topic tonight. All right, so let's start it right off. We're going to go a bit here and a bit there on this topic. So before we get into the nitty and the gritty of this, let's say this. The term sex magic or sex sexual magic, as it is used nowadays in the modern parlance, where one speaks about or meaning one is speaking about Tantra, uh, and that is often the primary area where one is discussing when one talks in this general term about sex magic or when one is talking about the um, sexual aspects of certain high ceremonial magic a la uh, Crowley okay the thing that I will say there is this no it does not exist in hoodoo Now, wait for a minute. Don't get hot under the collar. Hold on. I'm going someplace. Follow along. Tantra is a system. It's a system onto itself that exists within Vedic discipline and within Hinduism, etc. The teachings of uh, Alexander Aleister Crowley um, are a separate issue with his scarlet woman and this, that, and the other thing. Do not see that sort of sex magic in hoodoo, except for a very important moment and an equally important, strange, and stellar individual in hoodoo. And here I am speaking of the one, the only, Pascal Beverly Randolph, a fascinating man to be sure. 
Now, Randolph, as you may or may not know, was a free man of color born in Virginia uh, approximately around 1825. He was a public speaker, orator, uh, spokesperson for the abolitionist cause during the Civil War, and he was also a well-known spiritualist and transmedium. He was a world traveler and visited all sorts of places. All right, he went to uh, Syria, Egypt, France, England, uh, etc. All right, he had uh, interest in Rosicrucianism. All right, and his interest in Rosicrucianism led him into, at the time, the very, very pearl-clutching, gasping, controversial field of sex magic. Now, you should also know that he was a clairvoyant scryer uh, and many, 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 many other things. Fascinating man, Mr. Randolph, Pascal Beverly Randolph. And he did, in fact, write and talk about a kind of sex magic, uh, a sacred sexuality. All right. And the sacredness of orgasms, the uh, the quote, as he put it, the marital office and function by which he meant actual physical intercourse and material, spiritual and mystical powers of this union. And in this and in his writings, he very, very, very closely resembles what we see in Hindu, Tantric, Yoga, as well as in Buddhism, as well as in Vedic teachings, etc. And there are many books by this fascinating individual that you can still find to this day. You can find The Mysteries of Euless, uh, The Anasatric Mystery, etc., etc. You may find many things. Just go out and look up that name. That name, once again, is Pascal Beverly Randolph. And he was involved very much also in hoodoo. And what we think of as normative contextual hoodoo. All right? So here is a man, a world traveler, a great scholar, a man, a, a Renaissance individual of many, many, many different arts, including hoodoo and what we now discuss when we say sex magic. So there is that important moment right there to say, yes, this is out there. His books were out there. People were reading his books. Okay. But within the general body of hoodoo, we don't see sex magic of this sort of, of, of type, this kind, all right? However, we do find shul magic and magic that involves a sexual component to it and magic that is involved or centered around or concerned with sex. Let me start to break that down for you. First of all, we have within hoodoo the use of personal concerns 
that we have personal concerns of all sorts uh, throughout the body. But we then specifically also also have personal concerns that come about from the sexual act, semen and vaginal fluids that occur in an aroused state and that are used in hoodoo tricks and practice for such things, but not limited to anointing objects, empowering objects such as lodestones, baby dolls, measures for control, cords that might be used to control a spouse or partner, candles, etc. We also find the use of pubic hair, again, to bring about control, domination, coaxing, to keep someone thinking about you, to bring someone to you, to keep love and sexual interest going. In hoodoo, we have specific acts involving the dressing of the bed. The dressing of the bed, which being the place where sex takes place, or acts that take place on the bed, whether sitting on the bed, laying on the bed, or being done to the bed, to achieve sexual control, allure, dominance, etc. In fact, at one point it was said that If a man were to sit on the edge of a bed, and sitting on the edge of that bed with him was a woman, and he had in his hand a John the Conqueror root, she could not resist him. She would would absolutely be under his sway, his magnetism, okay, his power. And she would want to have sex with him, obviously, there on said bed. Let me digress for a moment and discuss the bed to you for a moment. Those of you who practice uh, hoodoo or involved in hoodoo or have, have had a small taste of it are no doubt or hopefully are aware of the five spot, the old five spot. And when we talk about the five spot, imagine, if you will, for the ease of your uh, conception, uh, a playing card. You know how a playing card has four pips on the five, has four pips in each corner and one pip in the middle. All right, that's a five spot. You see the same thing on a die, which is the singular of dice. In hoodoo, we often see the use or conception of the five spot to delineate an area or mark out an area. And let me give you an example of this in the house. In the house, the five spot presents any given room and what is the center or power of that room, whether that object is actually perfectly within the center or not. So as an example, in the living area, the main room, whatever you will call it, the center of that room is the hearth whether, again, it's in the middle of that room or not. In the kitchen, the middle of that room is the oven, the stove, whether it's in the middle of the room or that not. And in the bedroom, the middle of the bedroom is the bed, whether that bed sits in the middle of that room or not. And so that bed and the bedroom itself are, in many tricks, dressed, controlled, or dealt with 
to bring about a number of things in that bedroom. Well, protection while sleeping would be one thing. Uh, good and pleasant dreams would be another thing. But also romance, love, fidelity, and sex. Hot, hot, hot sex. The thing you want, I want to convey to you about sex in hoodoo is this. Hoodoo is unashamed of sex. Hoodoo does not engage in a um, oh, sideways discussion about sex. Hoodoo understands that sex is a necessary part of life, a desired and wanted part of life, and something that is natural and normal, and everyone's going to do it. Now, obviously, in certain company, particularly, say, mixed company, one would watch one's words. However, when you conceive or think about the normal way a client interacts with a worker, there isn't often a lot of mixed company. Perhaps the most mixed company you might have is that the client and the worker may be of different sexes, maybe of different genders. But generally, you're not going to be in a big room full of people. The worker can speak to the client in an unashamed and unabashed and open manner and does so about sex as well as a number of other issues. In hoodoo, people don't, you know, people don't try and uh, listen. How can I put this to you succinctly? I know people involved in hoodoo who are, who are our elders, vastly our elders. I mean, I'm talking about like 82-year-old grandmas from Tupelo, Mississippi, okay, who when this topic comes up, their language changes. These are women and men who would never use quote-unquote vulgar language in normal conversation, but when the topic of sex and hoodoo comes up, they use that language because it is direct and accurate language. Now, occasionally someone will be genteel or nice enough, or because, again, of mixed company, men and women together, they'll, they'll find a euphemistic way of saying something. But most of the time, you will find that they're not speaking in a euphemistic way. They're using the vocabulary of their community and of their time and of their life when they say, well, honey, you know, you just use your hand on him, and then you get some of his stuff. And you take his stuff, and you're going to put it on a little bag, a little red bag. Okay, she's not being euphemistic. That's the way she talks. Okay, it's not, it's not a normal part of her life to say, give him a hand job and collect his semen. But she's unafraid to have that discussion about getting his stuff, a part of his nature. All right? And semen is seen as being very much a part of the man's nature and having a direct connection to him. So, Anna, let me start there by saying this to you. In hoodoo, there is sex work, but not so much sex magic. There is work about sex, there is work for sex, and there is work with sexual components. But there really isn't this kind, again, outside of our aforementioned Pascal Beverly Randolph, there really isn't this kind of a taught discipline 
where the man comes and the woman comes and you're going to vote together. You're going to focus on this. You're going to meditate in this way. You're going to breathe your breathing together. You're going to physically join. You're going to make these very slow movements or these very fast movements. You're going to use these a variety of yogic positions, etc., etc., to achieve some kind of spiritual awakening or dawning or coming closer to nirvana or enlightenment, etc., or personal actualization, etc. You don't really see that. In terms of how hoodoo interacts with, say, sex positions, hoodoo interacts with sex positions this way. Either sex positions are discussed as a uh, necessary, needed part of a piece of work, meaning you might discuss sex positions because you need, while you're doing a trick or collecting bodily fluids from your partner, to be in a certain position so that you can do so. In other words, a worker might tell you, you need to collect a man's semen, but don't collect it in your pussy, in your vagina, or don't collect it in your mouth, or collect it in your pussy or vagina. And therefore, then the kind of what, well, how are we going to operate that? What are the physical mechanics of that? That in that way, the physical mechanics of the necessity of doing a piece of work may then bring about a discussion of sexual positions. And then there is a third, the second way, a second way that uh, sexual positions might be discussed in hoodoo. And this has to do primarily with physical ability and fertility. So in other words, there were and are certain root workers who were and are midwives, and they would give advice to primarily their female clients to say, well, you want to have your hips elevated, or you want to be below him, you know, in such a way, like what they're basically saying is so that gravity, so that gravity makes sure that his sperm have the best chance they have of getting to the egg into your womb. Okay. So in that sense, sexual positions would be discussed again as a mechanical aspect of bringing about fertility or as a mechanical aspect of bringing about um, ease of discomfort, say if a, a client had arthritis or a, a client had lost a limb, etc. Now, all of that being said, understand something for a moment. Let's look at the root worker. Let's look at the conjure doctor. Let's look at the hoodooist in their traditional and appropriate role as a member of a community. I'm not talking about nowadays. We have difficulty with this nowadays because we take clients from all over, you know, the telephone, the internet, whatever. It's a necessity. It's a necessity for those people. They don't have anyone near them. It's a necessity for the worker. We all have bills to pay. But what it means is that the worker is not quite, not quite as much a member of their community as they, meaning their localized geographic community, as they used to be. And then there are some workers who choose to do that intentionally for a number of reasons. Safety, as we discussed with our question last week. Um, they don't want people coming and giving them a hard time. 
uh, shame, whatever. A few people who are engaging in cons don't want to be caught. And then there are some people who don't, who make a, they have a disdain for their community, which I disagree with. Um, and they don't want to participate. But in their traditional and, in my opinion, absolutely appropriate and necessary role, the conjure doctor, the root worker, the hoodooist is a member of their community. Now, why do I bring that up? I bring that up to try to begin to show you what they do for their community. A hoodooist, a conjure doctor, a root doctor or bush doctor is many, many things to their community. They are not one thing. You cannot simply slap sorcerer on them and let them go. Certainly they are a sorcerer, but consider all that they do for their community. Envision. Journey with me for a moment as we go down the list. They are a release valve. They help appropriate resolution of problems transpire, where resolution without them might result in violence, even death, fighting, the destruction of homes, of neighborhoods, of friendships, of marriages. So they are a release valve. They also are a force for justice, often in a community where justice cannot be obtained, justice with the law, justice with or against police, justice against landowners, justice against politicians, justice against the Klan. All right, the list goes on and on and on and on. So they are also a force for justice. They are also a confidant, someone that you can bring troubles, problems, concerns, or worries to that you can't bring to anyone else. Sometimes you can go and talk to the root doctor, the hoodoo lady, the hoodoo man, more than you can go and talk to your own father or own mother. So sorcerer, counselor, confidant, mediator, also educator. All right. They also help educate about not only hoodoo, but other little things that are necessary. How to win a girl's heart, how to win a guy's heart, how to be uh, uh, a happy wife, a happy husband, a good father, a good mother. They also sometimes acted as midwives. Midwives are also teaching appropriate child care, how to breastfeed, how to wean a child, etc., etc. And as Miss Catherine Ironwood just pointed out, you will often see female hoodooists, the female root doctor, the female conjure doctor, also in that role of midwife, hairdresser, seamstress. See, they also had dual professions often. And here is another one to add to the list, sex educator. Consider for a moment the world as it was. There's very little sex education, too much nowadays. And it is a forbidden topic. Most people don't even get a talk from their parents, perhaps maybe about how babies are made, you know, the normal biology of things. But in general, most folks received no sexual education whatsoever. There's very little writing on the matter that's not medical, all right? 
There's almost no writing that's publicly available, say in your local library, about how to give sexual pleasure or the importance and need of it. Consider for a moment why the sexual revolution was a revolution. Think about this for a moment. Why was the sexual revolution a revolution? Why wasn't it the sexual stage two, the sexual party, the sexual tea time? Why was it a revolution? One of the reasons it was a revolution, not the sole reason, but one of the reasons it was a revolution was because it was a moment in time, it was a moment in space, and a moment, at least here in America, in which women found out <laughs> that, that they were capable of orgasm, wanted orgasms, and by God were going to get orgasms, much to the confusion of some of their mothers who had never experienced an orgasm. There were women, alive and well, you know, healthy, mentally strong, normal, you know, members of their community, with children, you know, with houses and a well-set-up life with no strange other problems in the 1960s of a decent age, 40s, you know, 30s and 40s, who had never had an orgasm. Let me just lay that on the ground for you one more time because people have trouble even fucking figuring that the fucking out. Okay? There were women in the 1960s in their 30s and 40s, who were married, who had children, who had no physical problem, who had no psychological problem, who had never experienced an orgasm in their life. They had had sex. They had had sex numerous times. They had children, but they had never experienced an orgasm. Why the hell do you think there was a sexual revolution? Okay, and guess what, baby? It was televised. That one was actually televised. The hoodooist, the root worker, the conjure doctor, male or female, often, on occasion, in their community, also acted as a sexual educator. The root doctor also was the one who, in many cases, was the only source for providing any sort of contraception or understanding of the need for contraception, whether it was a herbal contraception, whether it was just pulling out, whether it was a rhythm method, what would later be talked about a rhythm method. People had almost no knowledge about sex, and how sex happened with their bodies, their partner's bodies. And when you go and you look at hoodoo, what you find is open, frank, unambiguous discussions about sex, not just for fertility, but also for pleasure and the need for sexual pleasure. You see women talking to other women, enlightening them to the idea that a man who is given sexual pleasure is a more fidelitous man. You see men talking to men 
giving them the idea that a woman who has been given sexual pleasure, who is receiving sexual pleasure, is a more fidelitous woman. All right? So, these are many of the ways that sex interacts with hoodoo. No, there's not really a transcendental or higher spiritual, sexual, magical uh, college, if you will. But what there is, and this is terribly important, is a very realistic understanding of sex, a very honest understanding of sex, and its place. And not just heteronormative sex. Oh, no, no. Au contraire, mon frère. No, no, no. There is also, on numerous occasions, open and frank discussion about homosexual sex, lesbian sex, BDNSNM, DNS, etc., etc. And you will find all of these topics also. This revolution was not televised. This revolution came to you on 78 LP. You will also find these discussions within the blues. You don't have to spend but a brief time listening to the blues before, if you are the, a timid sort of a person about the subject, you will be clutching your pearls and gasping and fanning yourself and going, oh my, I can't believe that they're saying. Okay, we have blues songs about women fucking men in the ass Okay, pegging, as the term is now, pegging men, okay, as their business. I get paid for that. That's what I get paid to do, okay? And I make that, I make that phallus out of, I make that cock out of whalebone, you know? I make it out of this, I make it out of that, and I drive, shave them, okay? And they, they're in there. We have songs, open songs about lesbianism. We have open songs about homosexuality. We have open songs about transsexuality. We have open songs about sex, between heteronormative sex, good old-fashioned regular guy-girl sex, many, many, many different songs. And they're not all just about, you know, the lights off in the middle of the night in the missionary position. No, these songs talk about with a certain bravado, with a certain delight, perhaps in the shock value. I'm, it's difficult for me to say about the kind of sex and how wild the partner was and the, the one the things they got when I went down to that house, okay. When I was over at, okay, there was this gal. I met her on a train, okay, and she rode me all the way, okay. I mean, many, 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 many songs. This is a normal part of the life that's going on. And, of course, it's right there. It's right there in hoodoo. It's right there in hoodoo. Okay? Let me give you a soft example. When, P, you know, when I went to go write The Sporting Life, uh, some people have said to me afterwards, Oh, this is a fantastic book, and you must have taken years to do it. It's such, such a depth of research. As, and they're being very nice, and, and that's very sweet of them. But what they're trying to intimate is that I had to go searching. 
you know, I'm the modern day sporting life Diogenes with my with my lantern out there trying to find a hooker with a heart of gold. And and that's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. It wasn't a matter of I had to go searching. I had to dig. I had to sweat. I had to suffer. I had to have ac- academic and intellectual acumen to find this. No, 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 no. What I had to do was figure out what I was going to put into 96 pages out of the thousands of pages, the thousands, the hundreds and thousands of songs, the thousands of incidents, the hundreds of testimonials, the multitude of ways. Okay? You know what I'm saying here? It wasn't difficult. What was difficult is not getting drowned in the material. It wasn't hard material to find. There's an abundance of it. So sex in hoodoo is very active. Sex in hoodoo is there. Certainly hoodoo is not exclusively about sex, but it has a strong component of it. And I will now go one step further. One step further, 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 further. And say this. The sexual tricks the sexual understanding, the sexual attitude, the sexual path, and the sexual education that comes along inside hoodoo is very different than you will find in other sexual disciplines, particularly that of, let us say, Aleister Crowley, or Crowley if you prefer, Uncle Al goes a a little different, weirder place with his teachings, with his ideas. And in a lot of sexual magic, not exclusively, but in many different places, when you approach sexual magic or magic that is sexual or sexually magic acts, what you find is a soft, soft, or sometimes not so soft, repetition of attitudes in the dominant culture, which are patriarchal. You hear things that, uh, like, um, women are empty. Women require to be filled. That there's something wrong with women. That they are spiritually or magically empty. That they, that they are, the nicest way that's put is that they are vessels. And that might be nice, and maybe that could go a nice place. But if not, if you keep reading and they start talking about, uh, you know, they, 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 they take, they absorb, they eat, they devour, all right? A lot of sexual magic that you see in other cultures has a nasty streak, a nasty streak of, of misogyny in it. A nasty streak of misogyny backed up by a patriarchal system inside it. And hoodoo is not that way. The sexual magic, sexual technique, sexual uh, act, uh, information and trick that you find in hoodoo is primarily matriarchal. It is not misogynistic. It does not see women as the lesser. It does not see women as being vacuous or empty. 
It does not see women as being flawed. It doesn't, strangely, for something that is walking side and side with Protestant Christianity, it doesn't even necessarily see women as being the lesser of men. You know, Eve comes from the rib and blah, 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 whatever, the newfangled Bible. Good God, why do people have to steal our book and change it? The point is here that it has a very, not only pro-sex, sex-positive attitude, but it also has a very female-positive attitude. So that, Anna, I hope, I hope has helped frame for you how sex works in hoodoo, where it's coming from, what's going on with it. And I hope that each and every one of you will take a little time this week to go out and look at the various parts of hoodoo that involve a sexual component and consider them and consider their place in hoodoo and what they mean. And if you have an idea for the pontification, please remember to write in to Prof Porterfield, P-R-O-F-P-O-R-T-P-O-R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. Yes, he can spell his own last name, ladies and gentlemen, at gmail.com and send along your idea in question and it may to be on the show. You know, go out there, learn, figure it out, get those sex tricks together and pretty soon, baby, you'll be feeling just like a sex machine. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up. Like a sex machine. Get on up. Get on up, get up, get on up, stay on the scene, get on up, I like a sex machine, get on up, wait a minute, shake your arm, then use your palm, stay on the scene, I like a sex machine, you got to have the feeling, sure your bone, get it together, right on, right on, get up, get on up, get up, get on up. Yeah. 
on the name it and claim it right here in the chat room, but I got to tell you who it's got to go to. Sorry, it's got to go to Candelo Visa. That's right, because it's not Sex Machine, and it's not I feel like being a Sex Machine. It is Get Up, and he got it. That's right. It is Get Up. That's the second brownie ever. Congratulations, second brownie ever for Candelo Cambisa. And you know, Mr. James Brown, in his own little way, was doing exactly what all us here at the LMC Radio Network are trying to do. Just send out a little bit of a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the 
CLMC Radio Network in the Vanguard. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner, starring Candela Cambisa and Michael Carell, Mondays, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, starring Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, dear. So, Johnny... Johnny made a mistake, and so we ran the wrong uh, thing of our shows. We've added a new show on Wednesdays, Fit and Foxy, with our own Madam Nadia. So please tech, check it out on Wednesday evenings there. And thank you, as always, to our chief engineer for that. We have had a full chat room tonight. It's been growing, going down, coming back up, and I just want to take a moment to say hello to each and every one of you in the chat listening live, or if you're listening live and not in the chat, hello, hello to you all. I'm so glad you're here, whether you, you know, whether you think, oh, that guy is kind of a that weirdo, or whether you love the show, however you feel about it, we're still so happy to have you here with us each and every week. Well, up next, our own Miss Loretta Evans with Cooking with Miss Loretta Evans. Why is she in the middle of the show? Because she's starting something new. And I'll let her tell you all about it after this. Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. All the girls around her say she's got it coming, but she gets it while she can. Loretta, and we're still working out apparently what we're going to call me nowadays. I, I refuse to be called Countess Goulash. I'm sorry. I just cannot do that, y'all. And welcome once again to Cooking with Miss Loretta. We're doing a new spot here in the middle of the show, and what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks is I'm going to be bringing you recipes that involve hoodoo. So um, I'm as nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs about this. Our recipes for the next few weeks are going to be coming to us from Hoodoo Food, the best of the Conjure Cook-Off and Root Work Recipe Roundup, served with love by the Ladies Auxiliary of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. And I'll tell you all that I'm trying to I'm trying to get into the Ladies Auxiliary of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. I'm already on the Ladies Auxiliary for our church, and I would like to be a part of that, too. So each week, I'm going to be bringing you recipes out of this wonderful, wonderful book. 
And I encourage you to go out and publish this, uh, publish, I'm so sorry, to purchase this book for yourself and keep it in your kitchen. It is full of wonderful recipes. I didn't even know this book existed. I tell you, this absolutely true. Professor Porterfield was talking about the cooking spot after the show last week. He likes to say he's the only one there. I'm all alone. Oh, no. This is the end. But actually, most of us are still there. Oh, he's such a drama queen. And uh, he mentioned this book, and I said, what are you talking about? He said, oh, you know, we had these these recipes from the Conjure Cook-Off that we did at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival years ago. And I had no idea. So he got me a copy, and I read it through this since last Thursday, and I love this book. I just adore this book. And I have to tell you, I really don't know much about hoodoo, but this is the way to teach me hoodoo. And if you are like me, and you'd rather spend your time in the kitchen than in the graveyard, this is the way for you to learn hoodoo, too. It is hoodoo food. The best be roundup served with love by the Ladies Auxiliary of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. Now, there's a drawback to this, and that is that I don't have these recipes written down to give the guys to put into the chat room. So you're either going to want to get a copy of the book yourself or get yourself a pen and paper like we used to do and take down the recipes. I'll go slow so nothing gets lost. In light of this week's pontification and the topic matter of our show, this week I am going to be giving you a recipe from Hoodoo Foods that comes out of the section of the book called Affairs of the Heart. And these are all recipes for love, passion, sex, etc. And this week's recipe is Deacon Millette's Tempting Love apple stuffing and it's an excellent recipe i made it on sunday after i was on the lucky mojo hoodie root work and after i got off i had this uh ready and i cooked it up for, for for uh for my husband for this recipe you will need one large red onion and that is for sweet love When I was a girl, we used to call those Bermuda onions. So one large red onion for sweet love. Seven tablespoons of butter. Seven tablespoons of butter. And I found that unsalted butter works best. And that's for smoothing the way. For smoothing the way. One cup of chopped celery. One cup of chopped celery so that the person will dream about you. And I advise you in this, please remember to cut off the ends, the whitish ends of your celery if you don't want to have any sort of a bitter celery taste. Three cups of stale breadcrumbs. Now, I don't know why they said stale breadcrumbs. I would have never said that. Three cups of breadcrumbs, and that's for substance. 
so that your relationship will have substance and be kept together. Three cups of chopped apples. And I found that for this, I like to use a mix of green and red apples. But I think what you will want to use is red apples for this. So three cups of for sweet love and temptation. Two tablespoons of chopped parsley. Two tablespoons of chopped parsley. And that is for protection from interlopers. This is to protect from having other people, you know, kind of try to get between you. And then three tablespoons of golden raisins. Once again, three tablespoons of golden raisins. And this is so that you will have love even into your golden years. And I have to tell you that golden raisins are very excellent. I like to use them in cooking. And when I was a girl, my grandma taught me that golden raisins also help remove pain. So maybe that helps you in your relationship for that as well. For this recipe, you will chop the onion and saute it in your butter. And then add the other ingredients and gently stir to combine and bring up to heat. Then place the stuffing into a greased baking pan and you can have it as a side stuffing like that to serve alongside what you're going to have or you can put this stuffing into fresh fowl of your choice to a new love in your life. So now when I read that I have to tell you I thought about that and I said well okay I don't know too much about hoodoo, but I do know cooking. So I went out and I asked Professor Porterfield and a couple of others. I even spoke a little bit with our, with Miss Cat about what sort of what sort of bird would be the best one. What would be the best fowl for that? And what people agreed about was that if you were really setting this out. You wanted to make a lovely little dish, and you wanted to set this out before someone who you wanted to have a love relationship with that you wanted to cement and bring them closer. Perhaps the best thing for you to stuff with this stuffing would be doves. So go and get yourself doves. We have a dove season here in Texas. I don't know if you do where you are. And stuff your doves with this beautiful, tempting love apple stuffing. Now, doves are small. You're going to want to make more than one, all right? You're going to want to make a minimum of at least one dove for you and one dove for that person that you want to draw to you. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Tempting love apple stuffing from Deacon Millette of fouraltars.org, and it appears on page 35 of Hoodoo Food, the best of the Conjure Cook-Off and Root Work Recipe Roundup. And next week, I will have another recipe for you, another delicious Hoodoo recipe for you, and I hope you enjoy it. I promise you I will make each and every one of these before I bring them to the show. And God bless and keep you all. Bye-bye.
All right. Thank you, Miss Loretta. Excellent recipe from our friend Deacon Millette and our, our friend Miss Loretta. Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen. And into the kitchen, this we're going to start a series of weeks where we're going to each week be talking in the kitchen about a different personal concern. A different personal concern. This week, our personal concern involves the vagina. But first, I think you need to have a public service announcement. So here's a quick public service announcement before the music. The video you're about to see is in no form of fashion degrading any women. We only repeat what Donald Trump said. We feel like this. Vote for Hillary Clinton. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. Pussy. Oh, don't vote for Donald. He will grab you by the pussy. He will grab you by the pussy. You stop it. Grab you by the pussy. He will grab you by the pussy. Talking to you now, lady. Grab you by the pussy. Meow, meow. Grab you by the pussy. Yes, I love you, sky high. 
Yeah, feet like a monkey, head like a teddy bear. Feet like a monkey, head like a teddy bear. And a mouth full of leaf, I guarantee it everywhere. I got a girl in Cuba, I got a girl in Spain. I got a girl in Cuba, I got a girl in Spain. I got a brown yarn in Dallas and Fred's a bowl of name. Oh, yes, and that was, of course, Blind Lemon Jefferson. Oh, yes, Blind Lemon Jefferson with Dry Southern Blues. And you may be wondering why, why did we have uh, Blind Lemon Jefferson with Dry Southern Blues? Well, oh, and by the way, the the brownie on that one goes out to Miss Catherine Ironwood. The reason... We had that little song there from himself is because of, you may have heard that important line he says in there. He says, I can't drink coffee and the woman won't make no tea. No, can't drink coffee and the woman won't make no tea. I believe my soul sweet mama gonna hoodoo me. Well, what is he talking about? Whatever does he mean? What does that have to do with coffee and tea? Well, don't you sweat it and don't you fret it, because the professor is here to tell you, and then you'll know. All right. What he's talking about is that time-honored old trick of a woman putting her menstrual blood into either liquid or food that she feeds a man. All right, so that she's got him hoodooed, so that she can control him, so that he can't get away from her. All right, so he'll always come back to her. All right, this right here is an example of the use of a personal concern. And this week, we're going to be talking about menstrual blood, vaginal fluids, and female pubic hairs as a part of personal concerns. Next week, we'll talk about something a little different, okay? And this sort of dovetails with the rest of the show, so hope you all don't mind. The addition of menstrual fluid into food or liquid is a very important old trick, and it is uh, well-known. Many, 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 many men have been taught by their mamas or their daddies or their aunts, their uncles, grandma, grandpa, not to accept food or drink, particularly darker food, darker colored drink, from a gal, from a woman that might be trying to get a hold that they don't know etc., because she may have put her monthly blood, her menstrual blood, her moon blood, into that food or liquid. Coffee, of course, is a very, very popular uh, drink to put it into. All right? So that would now – let me stop right here. We just had a question. Juan just asked us a question. Juan said, does it apply to semen too? 
Well, Juan, tune in when we talk about semen on personal concerns. For right now, I'll just say, yeah, pretty much. Okay? But we'll talk about that later. Now, the next question we have been asked is, what does a woman do when she no longer has a period? She can use her vaginal fluid. She can use her vaginal fluid, particularly her vaginal fluid that comes from her being sexually aroused. Okay? From her being sexually aroused, meaning she can go, lay down, Think about that man. Don't be thinking about some other man. Think about the man you were getting ready to trick. Think about that man, masturbate, orgasm, and collect your vaginal fluid. Collect your, your pussy juice, your wetness, and use that instead. All right? Again, the blood traditionally was added to dark-colored food. Coffee, spaghetti sauce... Uh, red velvet cake, uh, anything where you're not going to be able to detect it, all right? We also have tricks in which a woman, let's say you want to control a man, all right? Let's say you want to really get this fella, all right? Well, if you've already been intimate with him, you can measure the length of his penis. You can do it with your hand. You know, like, well, where does it come from? The palm of my hand to the tip of my finger, etc. Where does it fall? And make a notation to yourself. That's how long his penis is. That's how big his dick is. Then go and get you some beef, okay? Like a uh, chop sirloin. No, not chop sirloin. Like, uh, uh, like you'd make, uh, wow. Sometimes even I cannot find the right word to go on with like you would make chicken fried steak with or like you would make a dredged steak with you will cut out a piece of that chuck in the length of his penis and you will cut it out okay roughly all right uh phallic shaped don't try to make it look like a dick but you're cutting out a, a rectangular piece of meat the length of his penis round steak thank you thank you mom round steak and then dredge it in flour and you can feed it to him to go excuse me i'm sorry see i'm getting so mixed up everybody asking all these questions all right all right all right go get a round steak measure out the length of his penis of that round steak from how you remember how measuring it against your hand and your arm cut it out take the round steak stick it up your pussy yeah you heard me stick it in your pussy Stick that meat in your pussy. Take the meat out. Dredge it up in flour. Fry it the hell up and feed it to him. Okay? Feed it to him. You can also add a little bit of your vaginal fluid or to a cream gravy if you're making it. You can also add a little bit of your menstrual fluid if you're making a red-eyed gravy, coffee gravy, red-eyed gravy, and feed that to that man. Feed that steak. Now, right about now, let me tell you who has turned three shades paler than he is. That's Candelo Cambisa. Right now, Candelo Cambisa is sitting in his home in front of his computer with my voice coming across his speakers going, Oh, Lord, don't be telling him that. Oh, no. Stop. Stop telling him how to do that. Okay, but I'm telling you, that's what you do. Go get a piece of that round steak. Measure it out to the length of his penis. Put it up inside you, okay? Take it back out. Flour it. 
cook it. You want a little extra? Make some gravy to go with it. Who don't want a floured steak, chicken fried steak without gravy? If you're going to use your vaginal fluids, make a cream gravy. If you're going to make a red-eye gravy, if you're going to make a red-eye gravy, you can use your, you could use your menstrual fluid and feed that to that man, and that man will not be able to get away from you. Okay? That is one example of using this kind of personal concern. Note that here you're using a bit of both. You're using the length, the measurement of his penis as well. All right? If a woman loves a man, if a woman loves a man more than he loves her, and she wants him to love her more, ask to wear his hat. Ask to get his hat, maybe because of the weather, or maybe you just playing around, being silly, but get his hat and wear his hat. And once you have his hat, say that you have to go to the bathroom. Run off to that bathroom, and when you're out of sight of him, pull down your pants, pull up your skirt, pull down your panties, and rub that hat between your legs. Then go back and give that man that hat. Put it back on his head yourself. And he will be compelled to love you more and to be – you will be on his mind more, all right? So there's another example right there. If – if – if you also, okay, have a situation where you're feeding something to a man, one – of your pubic hairs into a loaf of bread and get the man to eat it and it said he will love you okay if you can put one of your pubic hairs into the sweatband of his hat here we are back at the hat again okay when he's not looking as long as he wears the hat he will be thinking of you okay as long as he's wearing that hat because you see you've got it near his head. Now, let's go back to a moment that you all may have forgotten, or maybe you're too young to know about, or maybe you were there when it happened, and you did not know. You did not know what was going on. Clarence Thomas went to be confirmed as Supreme Court Justice, okay, as a Supreme Court Justice, and this whole thing started up with Anita Hill. Okay, we had this talk about uh, the sexual this and the whatever, okay, and that poor woman was put through all sorts of hell, okay. And Clarence Thomas said something in front of the American public that the American public probably didn't understand. He said that she had given him a, a cola, okay, a Coke can, a Pepsi can, whatever it was, RC Cola, I don't remember. It may have been Pepsi, it may have been Coke, I don't remember. And that she gave it to him, and that when he went to open it, he found one of her pubic hairs, okay, on the can. Now, what most of America did is most of America went nuts. They thought that was, you know, uh, way out of line of him, or if they believed him, they thought, oh, God, she's nasty. God, that nasty, nasty woman needed him. That nasty woman. But see, what they didn't understand, what they didn't understand is... What Clarence Thomas was showing us is that he he was he's in his community. Okay, you see he too had been given that warning. 
What he was suggesting in that was that Anita Hill tried to hoodoo him. I shit you not. I shit you not. That is 100% true. That is what he was suggesting. He was suggesting that she had taken that can, and before she had given him that Coca-Cola, she had rubbed it against her pussy. She had rubbed it against her pussy. And because of that, one of her pubic hairs had gotten onto the can. See, he was suggesting that she was trying to control him, that she was trying to, you know, she was trying to, to, to have sway over him that way. So there's that. Now, this continues on. You can also take a candle. And let's say you have a candle that you're going to be using love or passion work for or love drawing on a particular target. You can take that candle and you – this could be either uh, a normal-sized candle or this could actually be a figural penis candle. Okay? And you, while again thinking of that man – thinking of that man firmly, you could masturbate with the candle, all right, achieve orgasm, then take that candle, which now has been used to give you an orgasm, has your vaginal fluids on it from that sexual moment, from that orgasm in which you were concentrating on the target, concentrating on the man you wanted, then you could take that candle. You could then further dress that candle with powders or roots appropriate to what you're trying to do and light that candle to draw that candle, to control that man, to make him think about you, to make him have passion only for you, to make him want to come to your bed. So here's another example of us using vaginal fluid. Now, because of an age, an old, old, now old incident, I have to issue a public service uh, warning now that I've mentioned this. Ladies, please, God, please, if a male worker advises you to do this, you can do this in the privacy of your home without anyone else around. Please do not do this with a candle and then wrap it up and send it to a male worker. Please run backwards from any male worker that says to you that you should fuck a, can- fuck a candle, wrap it up in, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, saran wrap, and mail it to him. Please don't do that. Please do not do that. Okay? Please don't do that. But you can do this work in your own home. And if someone were to advise you, that's fine. But look out for anybody saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take a candle and then take, some, take some, some wax paper, wrap it up, and mail it to me into a brown paper bag in the middle of the night. No, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Because of these types of personal concerns, your panties – are also powerful, powerful personal concerns to use. You can use your panties in a number of ways. You could tie your panties with a pair of his dirty underwear. What do I mean by dirty underwear? I mean worn, 
I mean, you know, it's not clean. It's not out of the dresser drawer. You can tie your panties to his underwear, stick it under the mattress, buried in the backyard, keep him tied to you that way. You could use your panties to make a, a, a love drawing doll where you're trying to bring him close to you. You can make a doll of him. Make a doll of him. Make you a baby doll of this man that you want. Make it out of some of his soiled clothing. Name it. Bless it. Baptize it in his name. Breathe on it. Tell it what you want. And then put put that baby doll in your panties. And keep it in your panties. Keep it in your panties when you go places. Keep it in your panties when you're sleeping at night. So he knows where he's supposed to be. To bring him back to you. And to keep him attracted to you. So, these have been just a very few examples of the use of female vaginal personal concerns. That sounds so awful. Uh, uh, Look, this has been a few uses of pussy personal concerns. See, it sounds better even uh, this week. And I hope you will take some time to go out and read up about it. Think about it. Work with it, ladies. Work with it. Men, I want you to go out and read up on it too because you too can get a hold of her personal concern to control her. You see, you get her dirty panties and you make that doll. You make that doll out of her panties so you can control her. All right? So take some time this week to consider this very common, very normal personal concern. I told you earlier in the show, Hoodoo ain't shy about this. Our Kid in the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week, not only from our own knowledge, but also from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a materia magica of African-American conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her so much for its use and inclusion in the show. Also this week, we had segment from Hoodoo Food, the best of the conjure cook-off, and Root Work Recipe Roundup, edited by Sister Robin Peterson and put together and brought to us by the Ladies Auxiliary of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, and we thank them so much for its use and inclusion in the show, not only this week, but in the coming weeks as well. Once again, if you have a topic, I see y'all in here. I see y'all in here. I'm talking to you, Freedom in the Know. Freedom in the Know, Ana Gabriela, uh, uh, Shalom. Uh, y- you all here every week. If you have a topic that you would like to be talked about in the pontification, write it up. Mail it in to profporterfield at gmail.com. Anybody out there listening to the show, uh, just mail it in, man. I'll read it. I'll talk about it. I'm happy to. Well, we have had us a fine time this week, have we not? And didn't it all dovetail together oh so nicely? I like to think it went just as smooth as silk. Listen, folks, the clock is, I said the clock had stopped ticking, but the clock is still ticking. We've got about, oh, two and a half, almost three more weeks here uh, before the jig is up. Please make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure 
that you do vote. If you can vote early, because maybe you have a concern about uh, your work situation, getting the kids to school, whatever, go and do that early voting. You can in your town. If you can't, walk up to your employer and say, I've got to go vote now, and go vote. Don't worry about losing that job. If they even try, there is a fabulous 1-800 number that you can find easily on the Internet to complain about that, and they will get in so much trouble it will make their head spin. This is your right. This is your right. Please set aside time. Be prepared. Take your wallet with you. Take your billfold. Take your purse with you. Make sure you got your driver's license, your birth certificate, your passport, three pictures of you, a co-signed statement from a friend. Go and vote, all right? And don't let anybody interfere you with you voting. If somebody tries to interfere with you voting when you're outside your polling place, when you are outside your polling place, step away from them. Excuse yourself. Do not step out of line. Step away from them. Take a picture of them with your smartphone. Everybody got these smartphones all day long now. Take a picture on the smartphone and call the FBI. The FBI has a number for this for voter suppression. Call your vote on. It's so important. It's so important. I don't care where you sit. I don't care what you think. Exercise your rights before your rights get taken the hell away from you. And now you know. Well, folks, everybody's left, and I'm no matter what anybody says, I'm all alone here. Sniggering in the background. <clears throat> all alone here, and we're turning out the lights and powering down the transmitter. I guess this is it. This is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Kansas, Kansas City, so dear you, then I change cars. 
Street 